Place it comfortably. Evening, everyone. Um, many of you are probably um, old enough to remember the music of Joni Mitchell. Remember Joni Mitchell? Um, and uh, one of Joni Mitchell's songs you may remember the lyrics to, if I can remember correctly. Um, I've looked at clouds from both sides now, from win and lose, and still somehow. It's clouds illusions I recall. I really don't know life at all, or I don't really, really don't know clouds at all. I think the refrain goes to. And there's something um, very touching in those words, and it touches on something in Zen practice, because what those words convey is I'm lost, and I know I'm lost, mm -hmm. rather than I'm lost, and I'm going to pretend I'm not lost. I know everything. I know everything about life. Mm -hmm. um, I'm lost, and I know I'm lost. Mm -hmm. And um, it reminds me um, of a saying of uh, Dogen, who was one of the founders of Zen in Japan. And it's, it's uh, actually misconstrued in a false kind of Buddhist quote. It, the false Buddhist quote is that he said, my life has been one continuous mistake. Uh -huh. um, what he actually, that's close to what he actually meant, but the, it's more like um, he said, one thing you need to realize about a principle about practice is that it's one mistake after another. Mm -hmm. And that um, that's just the nature of life of being um, a human being, a vulnerable human being living in the life where suffering occurs. You know? That we, we make one mistake after another. Um, and um, it's a very um, important part of practice to embrace. And if we really do embrace it, um, there's something very funny about it. I, every time I hear that saying, it makes me want to laugh. Um, because what it, do, it does is that it, it cuts through all of this um, preoccupation that we all have with being right and being perfect and doing things really competently. But that's not actually the nature in which we often do Zen practice. It is one mistake after another, often. And when we drop into that place um, and really, really embody Dogen's words there, um, one, we cut through a lot of shame, you know, and, and so on about, you know, how badly I meditate and how badly my life is and all that kind of stuff. And it also brings authenticity. Right? As soon as you kind of recognise you're a human being making mistakes, it brings authenticity to your experience. Um, in this book I'm writing, or I have written on relationships, um, someone recently who edited it for me and did a review said that um, it'd be good if I put a a chapter in at the beginning which was a biography you know, of me so people could understand the person reading it. So I, I wrote it out yesterday as a draft and the, um, the heading of the, the chapter title is actually One Continuous Mistake. <laughs> and um, in, in many different ways, like as a Zen student you make mistake after mistake. So like I was saying during meditation, 
um, you sit there and your mind, our task is to be in the present moment and constantly the mind finds itself wandering away. And then you bring it back and then it wanders away. One mistake after another. Tumble. Mm -hmm. And as a therapist working, you make mistakes. You you, you, You don't understand someone properly and you see them looking out the window suddenly or whatever. But you, it's like you read the feedback and you keep correcting. It's not like you, you, you know exactly what to do and you've got it, you know exactly how to, to follow a session. It's like you say things and you read, you, you read the feedback and you say something and you read the feedback and somehow it's in that interaction something, something useful comes out. And, um, and also... Um, in, in being married to someone, you make one mistake after another. Well, that's, that's the nature of being married. And so many books I find, or so many people who present in the area of therapy, and particularly in, in relationship counselling and so on, is often I find them presenting themselves as um, Mr. and Mrs. Perfect Marriage, you know, as the sort of the, the role model to look up to. And I certainly don't see myself in that role at all. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I, I was saying in this uh, introductory part that <clears throat> years ago, um, when I first started doing couple therapy, I was invited to give a public talk on marriage and marriage counselling, as it was called back then, to a, a volunteer Christian group. And so I went along and I gave the talk, and as I was giving the talk, there was one particular guy who was in the front row, row an older guy, um, who didn't smile and looked rather sceptical and stern through the, through the presentation. And when it came to the end of the presentation, I invited questions. He asked the first question, he said, are you married? And at, uh, and at the time I wasn't married, I was in a relationship with a girlfriend that I lived with. And I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not married, I'm in a de facto relationship. But I said, I am a, su- a fellow sufferer, if that's what you mean. And um, he immediately nodded and smiled, and I think everyone accepted me from there on in the, in the talk. But that once we, once we um, go to that place in ourselves where we kind of embrace the mistakes and we recognise that's what we do, um, it is very important to go there, because in a sense, to go back to Joni Mitchell's song, um, we're all lost, mm-hmm. and we, we, we don't know everything about life or about people or about ourselves. It's kind of like looking through a, a, a opaque glass, you know. And uh, and uh, but if we if we're lost and we know we're lost, that's very very different than being lost and and pretending that we're not. It leads to all kinds of um, defensiveness and, and problems. So um, embrace Dogen's words uh-huh, as you practice. Life is one continuous mistake. And then you won't take yourself too seriously. And it's a way of dealing with the mistake. So you, you realise you go off track or you lose your anger, you, you lose your temper or whatever and something happens. And, and then you can, you can very easily acknowledge it, acknowledge it rather than be defensive or not look into it. And you, you realise you're just part of humanity. And if building on you know, the talk I gave two weeks ago, 
you know, if we can bring a sense of forgiveness or self-compassion to our mistakes, um, it, it leads to a life of authenticity. And that's ultimately what we're, what, what we're um, aspiring to in a Zen practice, really is not to lead a perfect life, to lead an authentic life. So anything you'd like to add or subtract? <laughs> it reminds me of um, <coughs> Graham Long, who's, who's a pastor of the Wayside Yes, Chapel. I get his little uh, blog. Yes. He describes himself as a tower of weakness. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think what you're describing is really coming from a one-down position, not being the expert on everything. Yes. Your authenticity gives your client permission to be... Yes. As well. Yes. And, um, and then it's, it's the repair attempts we make. We stuff up, which is so important. <laughs> yeah, it's a repair, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One repair after another. Uh, yeah, one continuous <laughs> repair after the other. <laughs> it's okay. One apology after the other. Yes. It does affect yourself, your, your sense of self, though, if you find yourself. I've gone through my mistakes continuously apologising because yeah. they are slipped up. Oh God, I did this. Mm. To us, like, oh my God, you know, there's something wrong with me that I just keep. Yeah. Can't maintain this. You know? Yeah. But it's, it's, I guess it's good to, to remind you. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you said it's like, you know, why don't we um, be more compassionate, more forgiving, not, ex- not expect perfection, but get carried off in that idea. Yeah. Well, maybe if we, maybe, I mean, there's a point at which apologising all the time can become excessive. Um, and you find in relationships sometimes one person is the one who does all the apologising and the other one doesn't, you know, and that, that's not healthy either. And because um, surely not one person's to blame for the relationship, you know, not working effectively all the time. Um, but I think if um, we do have that skill of, self-forgiveness, you know, and can bring some compassion. And, and self-compassion, as I was saying, it's not denying mm-hmm. that we've made a mistake. It's not that at all. It's like, you know, we've made a mistake. But um, the more we don't beat up on ourselves, maybe we don't have to be preoccupied with apologising all the time. Because if we're preoccupied with it, it can indicate, I suppose, um, an attachment style that we're too over-concerned with what people think about us. And we need to... We're, we're trying to get them to calm us rather than calming from the inside. I was just thinking that um, the fear of making a mistake as well can also um, prevent us or me from sort of living a an authentic existence as well. So you tend to hold back. Yes. And then yes, maybe yes. later regret, yes. should have, uh, I had an opportunity there, but I didn't take it. Or yes. Uh, out of fear, really. Yes. For, for fear of making a mistake or not being able to do it properly or whatever. Yes. So if you're going to make a mistake, make a really big one. <laughs> <laughs> If you're a person in the orchestra who's got to hit the gong at a certain time, you, oh, I might get it wrong, I might get it wrong, go bang, <laughs> do it. 
change such a difficult emotion to, to deal with. To deal with. Yeah. yeah. It's our most sensitive emotion. Mm-hmm. So you think if you try and not make a mistake, well maybe that will avoid the... The experience of shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, it's a, it's a nev- it, that's a, a very um, self-defeating cycle to be in it, isn't it? You know, whereas if you just go, okay, I'm a human being, I make mistakes, I don't deliberately, you know, intend to do it to just sort of as an excuse, you know, to keep hurting people or anything, but yeah, I'll stuff it up. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and you, can, you can see it in yourself, then it, it, that's not, then you're not far away from um, cutting through that shame. It's a, it can be when you actually acknowledge some difficulty in yourself that something shifts too. Because I remember when I was younger, sometimes I used to get feedback from people that I was arrogant. And uh, I mean, people may think that today still. I have to <laughs> keep on accepting. Maybe I haven't grown out of it entirely. But um, it was worse when I was younger. And. Um, and I, I used to get quite offended by it. I, I couldn't see what people meant by that, and somehow it didn't fit in with my image of who I was. And then at some point I came to a point where I thought, well, maybe I am, you know. And I thought, well, yeah, maybe I am at times and I can't see it. But I was quite willing to embrace the fact that that's maybe what I do. And then um, if other people criticised me, I kind of, it didn't hurt so much because I thought, well, yeah, maybe that's true. But that sort of defensiveness drops away. Okay. So it, it can work in interesting kind of ways when, you, when you're avoiding the very thing in yourself that you think is going to shame you, oh, I'm arrogant, and you actually embrace it uh, yourself, then if someone criticises you for it, there's, no, there's nothing to defend. Sometimes uh, people, that, that particular, um, you know, to be told that you're arrogant, is, is, it can sometimes on, on, on people who are really, really shy mm-hmm. and just are not coming forward. Yes. And you're, they just, you know, don't yes. reply. So yes. it's not yeah. really arrogance, it's just no. that they don't have self esteem to come forward. Well, that was me before you knew me. You can't really defend yourself out of arrogance or stubbornness because then people just go, look. Well, see? Yeah. See? I remember definitely being accused of stubbornness and then trying to trying to prove that I wasn't. I'm not stubborn. See? So, um... Uh, humility is a good thing, and um, uh, if we if we embrace it without um, self attacking, you know, it's our friend. And um, sometimes I think that we more we we uh, learn more about sasin not by sitting perfectly and having perfect concentration, but by the humbling experience of drifting off. You know, coming back, drifting off, coming back. So, okay, thank you. Good. The self-centered dream.